You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery, podcast number 73. Thomas Miller with you, coming from a very special place. I am sitting at the Panther Meadows campground on the side of Mount Shasta, almost to the top, as far as you can drive at least. goes up to Timberline, the road does, coming out of the town of Mount Shasta. And uh, just before you get up to the to the Timberline area, there's this uh, really cool campground called Panther Meadows. Several hiking trails branch out from here. One I took last night goes up this ridge where there's a rock slide, and I'm going to put some pictures of that on subconsciousmindmastery.com. Beautiful area. And then there's another trail that goes over to the Panther Meadows meadow area. But Mount Shasta is one of the highest concentrated energy vortexes on the planet. So I thought today that we would talk about energy and how energy affects us. And as I was preparing for this, it dawned on me that in 2015, well, the end of 2014 and 2015, so over the course of this year, basically, I've been able to travel to the three primary energy centers of the United States. And those would be here, Mount Shasta. And this is actually the second time that I've been to Shasta. was here about a month ago, three or four weeks ago and just was clearly told to come back. So I just, <laughs> I turned around and basically came right back. I found a way and back here from Mount Shasta for trip number two, went to Sedona over the Christmas New Year holiday and then was in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, which is another energy vortex and was there in the beginning of May for my Aunt Patty's memorial. There's another vortex uh, close by and that is in Rosarito Beach, which is just south of San Diego. And my cousin lives there, so I'm going to have to definitely go uh, make the complete tour and get myself down to Rosarito Beach sometime soon. But Mount Shasta, I think without question, if you look around and, and just do some research, you can do it online, um, about energy places, that Mount Shasta has some of the most potent, powerful, concentrated energy on the planet, literally, of all the other places where you could go. So let's just talk about a background here as we think of energy together. And one of the things that you have to obviously uh, accept is that everything in the universe is energy. The very particles and atoms that make up every component in the universe are nothing but spinning energy. And we know that from science. We've learned that a long time ago, and we've accepted that. We know that uh, Einstein created the theory of relativity, that energy is mass times the speed of light squared. And from a metaphysical standpoint, we know that energy connects and threads everything in the universe together. Now, here's an interesting point if, as you think about energy. The wind is picking up here at the campground. I don't know if you can hear that or not, but it's just, it's so nice sitting out here. It's been raining overnight. Oh, I should talk about the rain. The rain at Mount Shasta, you know, most of the western United States is just dry as burnt toast. It is tragically dry in the western part of the United States. And the last time I was here, I just noticed northern California being so dry and just so parched and so thirsty for water. And I've done this a couple of other times and had it work, actually, that I just, when I was up here on Shasta, I said a prayer for rain for this area. And just nothing more than just asking God, asking the universe to allow it to rain in, in this area and give these people a little bit of relief from this incredible drought that's been going on. And, and the other request was that I would be able to see it. 
well, the last time I was only here for a day, I didn't stay like I am this week, and it didn't rain. But do you know last night, it started to rain about bedtime, and it has been raining lightly through most of the evening, and it has been just the most delightful rain shower. So the ground around me, the picnic bench that I'm sitting on is wet from the rain, and I was able to see, not only did it rain, but I was able to see it. Now, that's pretty cool. you got to think. That's pretty cool. And it really kind of happened from the pure technique that we talk about in Parallel Universes of Self. Uh, did it just, it wasn't necessarily that I, um, how do I say this? It wasn't that I necessarily conjured up this thought in this prayer. It really just kind of bubbled up through me. It came up on its own, and I just expressed it. And I think that's one of the keys to effective prayer is not so much praying for what we want, but for praying, expressing those things and with emotion too. And I mean, my emotion was just in this, was this plea for relief for these people up here and for this land and for the earth. But it was more of an expression of what was bubbling up from inside rather than a creation of my own mind and just asking for something because I wanted it. Anyway, that's an aside. The rain has been wonderful. And as I came up here on the side of the mountain today, it's actually raining back over in the uh, in town and over on another side of the mountain. And when you wind your way up the road, you wind your way out of the rain. And so I was able to find this little spot. Anyway, just an aside, but that was kind of cool. So when we think about the law of polarity... There is high energy and there is low energy. So just like we have polar everything in the universe, it's one of the laws of the universe, how things happen. You have to understand it. You have to operate within it. Then you realize that we're dealing with different levels of energy, high and low. So Fred Dodson, of course, in the book Levels of Energy, and I think if you've been listening to the podcast, you certainly have heard me talk about this. And and there's an interview with Fred on one of the previous podcasts when we released this, but Fred allowed me to record the audiobook for Levels of Energy. I think I completed it about a year ago. But it puts energy on a scale from 1 to 1,000. Some of the energy relates to emotions, love obviously being the highest. But other parts of the scale include consciousness. So, in other words, how much are you moving towards spirit? We're spiritual beings on a human journey, right? Not the other way around. How much are you focusing on your life purpose and soul path? This also comprises the levels of energy. So we all vibrate, we all operate in different energy levels. So there are lower forms of energy that can bring you down, such as depression, which is one of the lowest forms of energy. And depression is caused by the thought processes often in reaction to circumstances and our interpretation of them. So if we allow our minds to process the circumstances and situations around us in a certain way, that can lead to a depletion of neurotransmitting chemicals that can spiral your brain into your mind, your cognitive processes into depression. I mean, depression is not a physical disease, right? It's not like cancer. And it's not like a constriction, like a heart attack or a heart disease would be a constriction of the arteries in the heart. Depression is strictly a matter of cognitive thinking. 
So it can obviously result in very low energy, and that becomes a downward-pulling vortex spiral because it seems to me that the human body always tries to heal itself within the exception of a couple of things, cancer being one of them, obviously, where it reproduces cells in an unhealthy way, depression being another, where depression can literally lead, obviously, to the ultimate penalty or the ultimate price of depression would be suicide. Your thought process can spiral you down lower and lower and lower so that it's hard to break out of it. Well, if you put it on a scale and you realize that you can walk yourself up the scale with work and focus and intention and understanding, you can literally think your way and work your way through energy out of depression. Most people don't think about it that way, but it is totally possible and you don't need medication to do it. Another form of low energy would be other people because many people live in low energy, right? They're depressed, they're anxious, they're not on the higher end of the scale, they're not pursuing the same kinds of things that you're probably pursuing if you found this podcast. And when we when we cross paths with those people, it obviously affects our energy. So places like crowds and airplanes and motel rooms are congregates. They're places where low energy can accumulate. In fact, people don't realize, but motel rooms are quite a place where uh, the people who have been in that room before you leave their energy behind. And when you go into a motel room, it's, you know, obviously it's a place of highly accumulated energy. Same thing for a for an airplane. It's a really good process to smudge and to do some energy work on yourself after you've been in these areas because these things can pull you down. Other areas, um, certain music and other artistic expressions that are not from a high level of energy, although, here's an aside, creativity itself is a very high energy, and Fred talks about this, we, we cover it in the audiobook. Creativity in and of itself is a very high energy level, and the performance that creates uh, music, for example, a performer on stage has to exude a high energy level or nobody wants to watch the performance. So performing and creativity is a higher energy level, but if it's not done with the intention of high energy, then certain art forms, including music, can really pull you down. So it really is just a matter of intention from how the work was created. Same thing for a book and authors being the same. So another way that you could definitely be affected by energy is what I'm doing here, and that is by changing your geography. You can travel from one area to another and experience different energies. Um, I was in Calgary uh, the week before this and was downtown by the Bow River. It's a really wonderful area, beautiful parks down there. Downtown Calgary is just clean as it can be. It's a wonderful environment. And the energy of Canada as a nation, is a high-level energy. And Calgary, downtown Calgary, had a really high vibe to it. And then I switched motels the last night I was there because I had a 6 o'clock flight, so I wanted to get closer to the airport and, um, and move into a cheaper hotel. So I relocated to the closest airport I could find to the to the Calgary airport, and the energy of this second hotel was just amazingly low, and it brought me down. I mean, there's just a distinct shift from what I had been, where I'd been for the last several days, this high-energy environment, and then just made this switch to a low-energy environment, and the difference was stark. Now, there are 
concentrated points of energy around the, the planet, around the globe. And Mount Shasta is definitely one of those, one of the highest, in fact, of uh, the energy vortexes, these energy pinnacles that you can travel to. Sedona, Arizona being another, Eureka Springs, Rosarito Beach, already mentioned those. Some others, Machu Picchu, Mount Fuji in Japan. Uh, there are some holy sites in Israel, Mount Sinai, for example, where Moses received the Ten Commandments. These are all high-level energy places. And there are a lot of reasons why these areas are specific. I mean, Sedona is just Sedona. There's no other place like it in the world. But there are there are other speculations of why these areas are. One of, one of the reasons why they're saying Eureka Springs, Arkansas is emerging as an energy, a high-energy place is because there's so much quartz crystal in these uh, mines, in these formations in northern Arkansas. And it just seems to concentrate there in Eureka Springs. But there's a distinct energy vortex right in the middle of town in the Basin Park area. It's uh, it's the main bandstand. There's kind of a bandstand, a little park there, and right in the middle of town. And there's a energy that comes from the original spring from Eureka Springs. Don't know the reasons for Mount Shasta. I've seen, I've read several things, uh, uh, and some might be true, and some not. A lot of speculation around it. But all I know is that when I came here a month ago, I was instructed to come back, and that there would be future, there would be other instructions, other things for me to deal with. Uh, when I came through here. So what happened on that last trip, just briefly, is I came up here. I'd always, I'd wanted to come, and in fact, I'd been told in a in a session that I was supposed to come up here and that there would be some instructions. And so I made this little swing through Northern California and Southern Oregon and a couple of cities I wanted to check out and uh, spent the afternoon here. Spent about maybe um, 90 minutes up on the side of the mountain, found a road, didn't know the area, just, just found a road, came up um, to a little area where it was very nice on the south side of the mountain, and meditated there for about 90 minutes. Clearly, clearly, very clearly, I was told that mine was a spiritual journey and that I was to focus on that. And the message that was communicated through indicated that there would be support and help to work through certain issues that I was that were listed out that I was to deal with. And there was the instruction that I was to return as soon as possible and that there would be more for me. And that the power, this was really cool too, that the power from that meditation, the clarity of that moment, the guiding, would remain with me and that I could call on it anytime, anywhere. And it would be just as powerful and just as loud. And that proved to be true as well when I got back home. So I figured out a way to get back up here and came with a different focus. Since, in that month in between, I declined two potential work-related opportunities that uh, would have taken me in a different direction. I put it out to the universe that I needed to get back up here and ended up that there was a way that was cleared. But while I've been here, I've been coming to the mountain and coming up to this special spot right up at Timberline and uh, did meditation out here one morning and then yoga at sunset, did a hike last night. And even while I was in town, I had a reading and this was an interesting situation. You talk about energy. I mean, I've been working on this pretty hard, as you know, from the from the podcasts and have definitely achieved a certain um, level in my life. And I'm pleased with that. And of course, that's the basis of what we talk about and communicate here. But ahead of this reading, I knew, I knew, I knew there was some reason that I was supposed to come up here. And ahead of this reading that I had in town yesterday, the energy around, I mean, it just like everything had was shifting 
I was not myself. I was just not in my normal vibe, and it and it couldn't shake it. I couldn't get it shaken off. And what came to me in preparing to go to this session was that there were some old energies that I had invited into my life. And this goes all the way back to my second year in college. But there were some things that I had, had invited into my life that were going to be removed, taken out, done. And that this was the release. It was, this, it was these energies holding on, knowing that they were going to present in this session that these shackles, these chains, if you will, will, were going to fall off. And they did. And I got amazing clarity through this and know what my next steps are and by faith going to be pursuing them one step at a time. Just an amazing, energetic journey, truly. So a few takeaways. I have, I think, four points here. Let's just consider these together. Things that you might consider. Number one, Begin an energy journey. And I'm not being self-serving by this. Go buy Fred Dodson's book if you prefer to read Levels of Energy. If you like to listen on the go, get the audio book. If you like to put the package together and you have the discipline to read and listen at the same time, you'll get more out of it. But at least get one of the two of Levels of Energy and become familiar with the energy scale and how it works and how these different things affect our life. That book, Levels of Energy, Fred Dodson, and being able to record the audio book was life changing for me, and I think it would be life-changing for you as well. Point number two, why? Because as you learn the scales of energy and how it works, you can begin to tune in to that area of your life, and you can see and observe what pulls your energy down. You'll notice what lifts it up. You'll know the scale, so you'll know what the next level or two of energy above where you are is, and you'll get a path of how to get there. So what it does is it lifts you up into greater clarity, like what's been going on up here. You'll feel better. You'll you'll have more spiritual insight. And with that, you'll start to create the vortex of higher energy, and you'll draw better things into your life. It's the reason you're buzzing in low energy of why negative things continue to come into your life. So as you elevate yourself up the scale, you basically almost make yourself immune to those lower energies. And Fred talks about that in the book, and I'm going to tell you a story here in a second that will illustrate that. Also, this is a systematic growth process. You know that from listening to this podcast. It's not something that just happens overnight. You have to work on it one step at a time. But as you move higher up that energy scale, better things will happen to you. So it becomes a a perpetuating lift to higher consciousness. As better things come into your life, it lifts your vibration, and you will attract even more clarity about other areas that you can improve. It becomes peeling an onion, but on the upside, not necessarily the uncovering the bad. Third, as you make progress, protect the ground that you gain. So what happens is, as you move up the scale, you become a lot more protective of that ground, and you say, I don't want to go back to those old patterns in those old areas. Now, to guard that turf, what does that mean? Well, in some cases, it might mean that you need to physically, geographically move. And I wouldn't be surprised if some people listening to this right now, that you've been contemplating that and you know that you need to change geography. Well, spirit will tell you, instinct will tell you, but that might be more energy-related than you've thought about. You might need to prune some relationships, some friends, 
some people who have a place in your life. You might need to change venues that you frequent, physical locations. Maybe you don't need to attend certain events anymore or go to certain places anymore because they will jeopardize your energy and bring you down to a lower scale. And Fred will show you what some of those are as we work through the book. So if you really concentrate on this, it can change your outlook and literally improve the world around you. Point number four, definitely, this is huge. Spend more time meditating and more time in stillness and in quiet. And that's one of the beautiful things about being up here. In fact, right now I'm looking around. The campsite is, I mean, the people are, who are here are kind of, I don't know, they're maybe either out hiking or buckled down in their tents because it's just totally quiet and there's not a sound. There's not a sound of anything. It's just complete quiet stillness except my voice talking and I'm kind of down here in this grove of trees so I hope I'm not disturbing the people around but spend more time in an environment like this create it for yourself in your home find a place a room or a section of a room in your home if you have to if that's what what you have that you can work with but find a place where you can be quiet because our world, I've mentioned this before, is just our world is full of noise and distractions. And it seems like our whole society is gearing more and more toward background noise and earbuds. And there's always a television or speakers playing. And I think with that, too, that most people don't like being alone. I think most people don't like being silent. I know I didn't for years. Couldn't be alone. Just hated it, really. And I don't use that word much anymore, but I really despised being alone. Now I relish it and actually create it intentionally. Last night went on this hike on the side of Mount Shasta by a grove of trees, this big rock slide, and, and got off on the side of the mountain over there and just stopped. And it was so quiet like this is now. You couldn't hear anything. And in that stillness and in that quietness, I got clarity on direction of it new project that I'm to begin and a couple of old projects that I'm to revive. So your answers will come within. They'll come from intuition, from spirit, from meditation. And moving up the energy scale will give you more of this flowing into your life. Get quiet. Raise your energy. I wanted to tell you a story. I think I've mentioned it here in previous podcasts, but it just fits this well. To show you how you can immunize yourself against the lower realms Fred mentions this in the book, that when you raise your energy level, you could be exposed to potentially harmful situations that you will escape them. And what happened is I just finished, I was recording the section that's in the 500s, and I got up early this morning and recorded this, this section of the 500 energies, which is just really, really high for humans to be in that arena of energy. And just reading it elevated my energy. And I could feel the difference. I could feel the, the, the elevation, the lightness. Well, I had to go to a, an appointment up the way about uh, 12 miles or so. And it was right at the tail end of rush hour traffic. I was driving in the far left lane, uh, probably a three-lane freeway going out of downtown Dallas. And was over in the left-hand lane. And suddenly... The lady in front of me was in, a, in an older model Suburban. So this kind of top-heavy vehicle, right? Big, heavy, top-heavy thing. And she tried to 
move from the left lane where we were to the center lane. And in doing so, she lost control of the vehicle. She was going too fast. There was another car there, and she saw it in time to avoid hitting it. But as she counteracted her move back to the left, she ended up losing control of the Suburban. It immediately had just spun 45 degrees. It hit the concrete abutment, the retaining wall there, head on. And then it bounced off of the wall and did a 180 and and hit it from the backside. And then it did another 180 and went forward. And this time it didn't have enough momentum to crash into the wall like it did before, but it, uh, it leaned up against the wall and that was its final resting place. The lady's airbag was triggered. She was injured with blood present. I was the next car back from her. That accident, there is no way that should not have been a six or eight car pileup. And I'm telling you the reason, and I felt it and I knew it in the moment, that the reason I escaped collision and injury was because of the level of energy that I was buzzing on. I was able to brake, slow down, the car behind me fell in line and didn't, they weren't texting on their phone, so they didn't hit me in the in the tail end. Several people stopped, including myself. A nurse jumped out of a car. She was just one of the closest cars to this vehicle. She was dressed in her scrubs. She went over, made sure the lady was okay. There were several people on their phones to 911, made sure the situation was taken care of before I finally eased past and decided that my assistance wasn't necessary, probably better to clear the area, and that she was in good hands. I checked in with that nurse and made sure. I said, you got this? And she said, yes, then moved on. But that was just an amazing example of how you can raise your own vibration and literally then the things that you begin to draw into your life change dramatically. Well, this has been a special podcast for me to do. I am reluctant to sign off here. <laughs> it's so beautiful. There's a little cloud bank moving in, which might mean some rain is just over the hill, so we'll have to see. Uh, maybe it is time to pack up. I hope this has been an encouragement to you, and I do hope that you will pursue energy in your life. It will make all the difference in the world. Thank you for listening. Thomas Miller here from Mount Shasta. <laughs> How can you help but to enjoy the journey? The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.